0: For podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon, live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNL now on 106.3 FM. Ten minutes or thereabouts. We'll get Zubin Mahente in here from ESPN. We'll go around the world of sports with Zubin. So let's pick up on something uh, we discussed with Shelby Mast at the end of the program, your alma mater. Yes. The Panthers. Shelby thinks that there's still a little bit of wiggle room out there for the Panthers, that perhaps they don't need to make it all the way uh, to the final Sunday in St. Louis uh, without another loss and still have that at-large bid coming their way. I'm not so sure.
1: I'm right there with you. And just fast-forward in your mind for a moment here to when we get to that final weekend of conference tournament play and when the big conferences are playing. And then all of a sudden... Oh, there's NC State. They're playing in the ACC title game, and they picked off two bubble teams in the process, Uh and they're solidly in the tournament. And here's Indiana making a run, and they beat a couple of teams that they needed to. Oh, my God, can the Gophers really win out? (laughs) There's going to be those kind of stories that are going to continue to pop up. And and thankfully
0: there is, Trent, because that's what makes it.
1: Yes, and then there's the other part of it where somebody wins one of those next kind of tier conference tournaments. All of a sudden, the a 10 yeah, you, know, you look like you kind of have a, a read on things. Of course, Dayton, who you mentioned, them at the top of things, Rhode By Island. By the way, have you seen them? I have, yeah. They played Maui. Remember they played I Kansas? Rem- yeah, they did play Kansas. I you're, don't remember. You were still deep in football mode. I can't ever pull you into college <laughs> basketball at that time. That's the problem with it. But all of a sudden, hey... Richmond wins the A-10, and Dayton's still going to get in, and Rhode Island's still going to get in, but there's a bid thief there. Those things happen, and all of a sudden that bubble compresses itself down, and unfortunately for the mid-majors, you've seen, uh, was it Mark Adams? Is that the guy? Yeah, that, Mark Adams. That is always uh, at the forefront of this conversation, the little his, guy. What's
0: his handle on Twitter? Enthusiastic. Adams or something. The, there you
1: go, something like that. You know
0: who's good friends with, don't you? Well, I'm going to guess uh, Gary Ryma, right? Well, maybe, but Jimmy B., Oh really? Very good friends. Oh. And he used to join us every week and Brinson said something about him off the air and it got back to him and he didn't come on again with us. Oh, no. By the way, Jimmy. I heard that Brinson um that A D dusted off oh, Jimmy B. What yes. what's the
1: name of that? What did they do? Uh, unnecessary week, Censorship. Yes, this week in unnecessary censorship and So it you was were working weren't you working with Murph and Andy last week? I was, yeah. I filled in, but unfortunately when they got to that on Friday I was off at my daughter's Valentine's party uh, at school. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But uh, if you haven't heard it, it is incredible. Ad does such a great job with these. Yeah. But so do you have ours, it? I, I have it for the people that well that missed it on Friday's Murfin AD. Let's play it right now. So this is going on the way. So so Brinson and I are working together at this point, right? Must right. have been. Yeah, yeah. That's where these audio clips come from. Jimmy B in all his glory this week and unnecessary censorship. I'm gonna finger. Th- that remote like
2: you can't believe. I'll take your word for yes. it. Yes. It was a cold night. Sistrot was sitting there and steam just coming off his d- Unbelievable. I know. Throw me down in the mud and f- me dirty. Cyclone fans, if you want to hate on me, go right ahead. I don't give a <laughs> . I want you to know that I did my uh, Les Miles impersonation. I'm not sure
0: what that is. Uh, I bent I'm down not sure I, I want to
2: know. <laughs> I bent down and got f- <laughs> So I went to your Facebook page. Yeah. Man, you You really got a big deal. And now we're sitting in San Diego for two and a half hours on the ground because I had a monster of With that, Taylor walked over and f**ked him in the face. In soccer, they still wear so short little goofy pants, and then they each other. Tomorrow's media day, all of the players and coaches will have hundreds of c**ks thrust into their face. I got a lead-in one time from uh, Wilt Chamberlain, and he said, uh, Jimmy, f**k any one of these babes that you want. I've already them all. Twice. I said, thanks, Wilt. <laughs> But can I use your toilet? I'm going to take another sh- in that big John of yours. Finally, I get a chance to f- myself.
1: myself.
0: <laughs> it's, it's so good. I mean, uh, what what did he
1: actually say? That's It's all in your own mind what you put in there. Oh, Jimmy B. Oh, man. Those are incredible. <laughs> I got tears in my eyes. I'm the exact same way. I, I've heard it now a half dozen times, and it gets me every single time. Jimmy B, one of a kind. We'll get Jimmy B on NBA playoff time.
0: So that must be on the desktop. Is you got that? I mean, we didn't talk about this during the break. They were going to play this. That's really good. Oh, it's saved.
1: Yeah, that that's not going anywhere. I'll keep it that for a long time.
0: Ah, oh, it's funny. Uh, Zuma Mahente, well, where, what
1: were we even talking about? I don't even I, I, I've lost my complete train I'm, of thought. I'm right there with you. We were talking college basketball, probably so. And how did we get to Brinson? He came up though. Jimmy, B. oh, Mark Adams. Oh, Enthusiadums, right, right, right. That, that's what it was. Yeah, no, they were
0: really good friends. They were. Huh, yeah. interesting. And he used, to, he used to carry the mid-major torch, for mm-hmm. sure, uh, at this time of year. And Don't uh, hear him do many you know, Valley games just, anymore. That's
1: a great point, Trent. I wonder what happened to him. He's big. I know he does a ton of the American Athletic Conference does now. He? So they have a lot of times those early Sunday games, so I'll dip in right away at either 11 or a noon tip. Because him and Holtis worked a ton of right. Valley games. yes. And... Same kind of thing. I mean, he's he's always singing the praises of the little guy. Yeah. You think the valley would want him at the forefront of things? There, called as many games as possible, but as schedules change, dictated you know where you're going to go. And yeah. ESPN says we want you more on the American. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> it should be
0: me. Can we play it once more and going into break. This is really good. I haven't heard this. It is incredible.
1: All right, we'll play it one more time, and then we'll
0: come back with Zuba Mahanti. I want to hear one
2: more. I'm going to finger. Th- that remote, like you can't believe. I'll take your word for yes. it. it was a cold night. Cistrot was sitting there, and steam just coming off his. D- Unbelievable. I know. Throw me down in the mud and d- me dirty. Cyclone fans, if you want to hate on me, go right ahead. I don't give a. D- I want you to know that I did my uh, Les Miles impersonation. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, I bent I'm down. Not sure. And I, I want to
0: know. <laughs> I
2: bent down and got. D- so I went to your Facebook page. Yeah. Man, that's you. You really got a big. D- and now we're sitting in San Diego for two and a half hours on the ground because I had a monster of sh- With that, Taylor walked over and f**ked him in the face. In soccer, they still wear so short little goofy pants, and then they f- each other. Tomorrow's media day. All of the players and coaches will have hundreds of c**ks thrust into their face. I got a lead-in one time from uh, Wilt Chamberlain, and he said, uh, Jimmy, f- any one of these babes that you want. I've already f**ked them all twice. I said, thanks, Wilt. <laughs> But can I use your toilet? I'm gonna take another in that big John of yours. Finally, I get a chance to our mission.
0: Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on
2: 1460
0: KXNO, and now on 106.3 FM. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, with you here until noon. Zubin Mahante,
1: I can't get over that. By the way,
0: I don't have a Facebook page. You do not. I do not. I do not.
1: He was not talking about you.
0: I guess, I don't know who could have been. Uh, anyways, uh, Zubin Mahante joins the program. <laughs> we just played some Jimmy B audio, Zubin. You remember the Brinson era used to join us on a weekly basis? How are you, Zubin?
3: Doing well.
0: I also don't have a Facebook page, so that's another thing we have. to talk. About. Yeah, I've got Twitter, and you don't, so I'm, I'm ahead of you there. But, yeah, you shy away from uh, social media, no doubt about that. Zubin, a lot of ground to cover with you, and uh, we're going to get right into it. I do want to spend some – well, I guess let's start there, because Drew Brees just uh, within the last 10 minutes announced that he is going to come back and play the 2020 season. Uh, the NFL league year starts when March 17th. I think that's the days right around there. So we're a few weeks away from the you-know-what hitting the fan when it comes to free agency, etc. cetera. Uh, but these veteran quarterbacks, I mean, Brady. Now we know Breeze is staying, but obviously uh, we've got Phillip Rivers. Potentially Cam Newton's going to be out there on the market. Winston, dot, dot, Teddy Bridgewater, another one. This is really going to be one of the bigger stories, I think, of this offseason. Not like the NFL needs a big a story to move the needle, but they've got one, Zubin.
3: Oh, no doubt. I mean, we're, we're careening right into the combine now, so it's threatening to take away attention from the NBA second half, the end of college basketball's regular season. It's just such a huge, monolithic thing. I think for Drew Brees, to me, when I look at that story, I know so many people are saying, what could be with Taysom Hill? Mm-hmm. People are salivating at the thought of what this guy could be if he used on a regular basis. But I think right now the Saints are in a win-now mode, and they have been for the last few years. And I think if you're in a win now mode, Drew Brees is easily, in my opinion, even though he's sort of, you know, I think second-half fades have been there. Playoff disappointments have been there. I don't think you can pin them on him, obviously, especially that NFC Championship right. game against uh, the Rams. He was outplayed by Kirk Cousins. I mean, that's just a fact. Everybody's got to have to deal with that down in New Orleans. But I do believe at this particular moment with their Super Bowl window wide open with Kamara, with the way Michael Thomas is, frankly gotten off to the best start of any receiver in NFL history and I don't say that lightly but that's a fact and a lot of that has been done with Drew Brees I think he gives you the best chance to win I think Teddy should go somewhere and be a starter he filled it incredibly well when Brees had the thumb injury and I'm just still not sold yet I'm not saying he's a gadget player he's a gimmick player I'm just not sold yet that if he gave everything to Taysom Hill that suddenly things would be so much different in New Orleans or they'd be that much more exciting or Peyton would be reinvigorated to work with a quarterback with a unique skill set. I think if you're a Saints fan, this is great news.
1: Great news, certainly, on that front. Brady continues to be the offseason topic du jour. How long is this going to extend? Is this is this going to dominate, certainly, the national airwaves for a long time coming? Because it feels like that's certainly the, trending, the, the way we're trending right now.
3: No doubt. I mean, I think, obviously, right now, I think, Trent, you could call it the biggest story in sports, yeah. and I think the day the Patriots got eliminated from the playoffs by the Tennessee Titans, mm. you know, I referred to it as that, and it seemed a little odd then because you're talking about maybe three months away from the buildup, but I definitely think it's the biggest story in sports, and I'm one of the few people that I don't think he's going to go anywhere. I know for years and years he's taken less to make sure there is more talent around him, but I do believe a guy like that, not going personally or anything, I do believe that there is something about his legacy that's important. It's certainly possible he goes to the Tennessee Titans and they miss the playoffs. It's certainly possible he takes the money from John Gruden and things don't work out. I think in this particular case, I could be totally wrong and I'd love to be wrong because I think it would be an unbelievable storyline heading into 2020. I think the fear of the unknown is more than the fear of the known. He knows exactly what he's got with Bill and more importantly, I guess maybe at this point, Josh McDaniels because They don't seem to be at odds the way that him and Bill have over the years. Would it be great to see him trot out in Vegas and Raiders black Hmm. and silver? Awesome. Would he legitimize the Los Angeles Chargers? For sure. There's a ton of Boston transplants that live out there that would fill that place up, uh, for sure. And I do think other teams will take a stab at it. And I think Tennessee makes sense with Brable and how close they got. The idea they were 7-3 with Ryan Tannehill. You may or may not have Derrick Henry back. That's another thing you have to think about. But I just feel like for a guy at that stage of his career, he knows what he's got with New England. And I think at the end of the day, it has been shown that even though Bill Belichick is super powerful and deserves it as the greatest coach in league history, I think it's pretty obvious that Bob Kraft has said, when it comes down to Bill Belichick or Tom Brady, as evidenced by what happened with Jimmy Garoppolo, Mm -hmm. that the guy in charge at the very, very top of the organization is going to choose Tom Brady and has, and has overruled Bill Belichick. So we'll see what happens this time around. Brady clearly not the same player. That the last time around when Garoppolo was traded. Clearly, I think everybody is admitting his kill set is a little down. He could say he hasn't thrown to the great amount of receivers he's had over the years, but to me, Ken, you can't have it both ways. But he was throwing to nobody like Chris Hogan and Danny Amendola. We were praising him for throwing to nobody. And now he's got Fair nobody point. to throw to. And so now you got to say, hey, you got nobody to throw to. So... Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but I just do believe all things uh, said and done that he will be back.
0: Hmm. So, Zubin, you know who appreciates your take that it's the biggest story in sports? The Houston Astros, because if, if you're right, uh, maybe they do get provided a little bit of cover because spring training will still be going on. I don't know how long this is going to last, Zubin. I mean, Marcus is the latest. Today's Tuesday. I know games start, spring training games start uh, for the most part on Saturday. I think there's one on Friday. Uh, but th- this Astros story seemingly d- isn't losing any any steam. Uh, you got Rob Manfred saying the ridiculous thing about the trophy's just a piece of metal and his names on the gosh darn thing, which was a ridiculous comment. Uh, how long will this last, Zubin? How long is this Astro? Is it just a spring training story that once the regular season gets here that it will dissipate a little? bit what's the shelf life
3: I think it is a good chance to permeate throughout the season not at this intensity obviously uh, it's just too long for that and after a while even if there is retribution uh Manfred yesterday said he was going to step in and stop it to make sure it doesn't go out of hand Dusty Baker's publicly asked for it as well what I'm what I'm shocked by is I'm not going to go into any political or anything like that but we all know this. like every single day there are crazy stories, whether it's your caucuses or whatever it is, where you say to yourself, that is amazing, that is incredible, that's unbelievable. And then it ends up lasting like 24 to forty <laughs> hours. And, I mean, the biggest stories on the Republican side, the Democratic side, you name it, right now, and I say this in total seriousness, the only story in the news cycle that has the amount of legs, quote-unquote legs, to carry this the way the Astros have is the coronavirus story, which is mm. an incredibly serious story. But if you take all the crazy things that happen in our country politically and say, well, that was Monday, that was Tuesday, that was Wednesday, that was Thursday, this sports story, which isn't nearly as important as impeachment or the election or what's going on in our country, this has more staying power than that, which is incredible. And I do find it ironic yesterday, the piece of metal thing, I thought, to your point, Ken, was, Egregious, and Justin Ugh. Turner came back and said the only thing egregious is that his name is on the trophy, as you mentioned. And then to have the, the sports' best player come out and mm-hmm. be as strong as he was, especially after Manfred had called out Mike Trout for being boring and not being forward enough. I mean, the whole thing came sur- full circle when Trout came out and completely bashed him. To think that he wouldn't bash. Rob Manfred, when Manfred essentially said, I need you to be more forward-thinking. I need you to be more a part of the game. I frankly need you to be a little bit more effervescent and exciting. That didn't seem to bother Trout. But this one, on the come-around, certainly did. So I absolutely, positively believe that it'll happen. If you are wondering, no Dodgers and uh, Astros in the regular season. We certainly did take a look at that. Possibly in the 2020 World Series, I can't imagine how incredible that would be, Ugh. that would actually end up happening. You know, Altuve did say that he's guaranteeing they're going to be back in the World Series. I just look at it juxtaposed to everything else we follow on our phone and our news and that thing is at the top ahead of really important things around the country and in the world. And, and, and maybe it's sports, maybe it's just a fandom of people, but I just find that to be amazing, juxtaposed with everything else that's going on that doesn't have this sort of self-life.
0: So so let me jump in here, Trent. Sorry about this. Uh, But if if indeed that is the World Series, does that have the oomph behind it to knock off football for those couple of weeks? Might this surpass King football if we do get
3: Dodgers-Astros in the World Series? I think so, for sure. I think obviously the last time this happened, now that this is ancient history, but I do think in 2016, when the Cubs made the World Series, it absolutely overshadowed the NFL. And I know in the Cubs, went up against Sunday night football when there was like a Sunday world series game, major league baseball was right there. Now, obviously that was a different type of story. That was a hugely positive story. That was a generational story. Um, but I do think there could be some sort of an effect. I know when baseball had the perfect storm fly together, it has been able to compete with the NFL, but other than that Cubs 2016 world series appearance, I really don't know what else has captured the imagination of the sports fan, the casual sports fan, to watch the World Series. I mean, it was obviously a great decade for the Giants. I I, I still think the Royals' climb to the World Series was one of the most underrated stories of the decade. It just did not capture the attention outside of the Midwest, but it it was an incredible climb considering where they were. But I do believe after I saw what the Cubs were able to do and dominate the American sports discourse for basically every game they played in the postseason, obviously that won't be the case here because they won't be able to beat until the fall classic, but I do believe if it happened uh, and the intensity is there and let's say, you know, let's say the reverse is through this time. Let's say Game 7 is in Houston, right? Mm. Um, I just do think that that would be, probably dominate the sports landscape the way uh, the Cubs did. I, You know, there's a remoteness of that happening. The Dodgers have won seven division titles in a row. and hasn't yielded seven straight World Series appearances. The Astros, frankly, have been a more reliable team I think over the past half-decade in terms of Win total, the Dodgers division titles have been there, but the Astros do have that chip. But I do believe it would uh, dominate everything. It would put the NFL even to the side if it happens.
1: Having a villain, it's a good thing. The hated Yankees, the Patriots, the on and on and on, and there are Mm -hmm. 29 other uh, organizations right now that have the Astros there. I think the argument is very compelling that this is a great thing for baseball. Ken and I, we talk baseball a lot. But in comparison, some of our other local shows, they're talking about this a whole lot more on the regional landscape, on the national landscape. Eh, pitchers and catchers report, here's a little thing. Let's cut away to Buster Olney, and he gives a little report. Now, you guys are diving deep into this. Baseball, in a way,
3: happy that this is going on? Hmm. I don't think so at all. I, do, I know what you're saying in terms of getting the publicity going for the sport, but I think if you're out there at Rob Manfred's office, this is a crisis. I said this yesterday. This is his Adam Silver China moment, right? Uh, You're cruising along. Yeah. Everything's going well. Adam Silver is the most popular commissioner of the four major. And then China happens completely out of his undoing. You know, one of his general managers simply sends a seven word tweet, and his complete reputation is on the line. He said earlier this week they're going to lose hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars before this is all resolved. And It's something that he had no idea probably the night before when he went to sleep that this was going to happen. I think Rob Manfred probably woke up, had no idea that story was going to be in the athletic, which is what has fueled all of this, obviously. And from this moment on, it's become his China moment. Silver has been able to somewhat get his hands around China, but not really. He's been very transparent, something that Manfred has, not I think people have been very dissatisfied with Rob Manfred's responses. Adam Silver has probably been a little too honest about what's happened, but that's his M.O. And we'll wait to see how these things pass. We'll wait to see what happens with China, to see how Silver can restore the relationship, and obviously the relationship between the owners, who Manfred represents in this particular case, or Manfred himself, and the players is irretrievably broken. I know he said he didn't want to get involved with Tony Clark and the Players Association, but uh, we'll see. This is a major crisis that hit. Much like silver came out of nowhere, even though for years people had complained about the Astros. But the intensity for which this story hit the way that it did, uh, we'll see how both men handle it because it could be a legacy-defining issue for both
0: guys. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. You know, it would be a good WCI pools and spas since we borrowed the unnecessary censorship. Who's the who's the second most popular? Commissioner of the Big ah. Four. I don't know what the I don't know if there is consensus. I really don't. I mean, Gadelha he's he's uh, universally hated. Uh, NHL hates Bettman, and now Manfred's stepping in the way he has. I'm not sure what the answer is. Zubin, uh, I I know what the answer is to the All Star Game endings in the NBA. Your take on the Elam ending uh, from the NBA All Star Game? I'm not sure whether it will it'll come to. Uh, to college basketball. We saw it in the tournament last year. Trent and I were instantly on board with the one. Trent uh, did have a problem with the fact that there's no buzzer beater at the end, and I get that point. It does remove that aspect uh, of the end of a game. Uh, I listened to some of the players' quotes after the All-Star game. They loved it. Jimmy Butler was raving about it. LeBron, likewise. What does the future hold for the Elam ending? I think as far as the NBA goes, it probably
3: stopped at the All-Star game, but I definitely think if you take a look at some of the commentary that's been written, you know, the NBA All-Star game, they tried everything. They've gone East-West, now they've gone captains, you know, LeBron and Giannis, whoever the two best players in the league happen to be, fan voting All-Star-wise. So they clearly, like, tinkering with the All-Star game have said, it is just not up to snuff. Now, it's not as great as it was in the sports calendar. When I was a kid, I'm 41. But the game was Sunday afternoon on network television, on NBC. Now it's, you know, at 8 o'clock on a Sunday night on Turner. And for a lot of people, eight o'clock on a Sunday night is a Netflix night now. Although the NBA ratings were still good, they were up. They were up a little bit. It was in the six to seven million range. It was very, very good. That's triple the regular season average for a game on Turner. But I do think it probably stops at the All Star game, just because I think if you're watching, let's say TBT, that basketball tournament we were in the summer, that I think they had that big Iowa team right over mm-hmm. the, the last yep. year. You get, you get to a point where if you're watching that, not as a casual person, but if you're actually invested, like you have a group you're following or a former player or a group of players, you're aware of the ELAM ending uh, just because the, the tournament's been around for a while now. And if you're into it, you sort of understand the math behind it. But I do think for the general audience that's watching something like the NBA All-Star game that far outpaces something like the TVT, that I just it has to be just total awareness all the time about what's happening, why they're doing it, Obviously on Sunday there was kind of an ode to Kobe when you talk about the first three quarters naming the MVP award after him. There were so many things going on in that game alone. The MVP was named after Kobe Bryant. There were so many things in that game alone that the Elam ending or the ending was something that I just think a lot of fans may not be aware of. The All Star game was back in Chicago for the first time since Michael and Dominique and the dunk contest. There's just so many things going on the controversy of All Star Saturday night, the dunk contest. I just think there's so many things going on that you have to be able to somehow just let the fan constantly know, and maybe that's Marv Albert's job. Maybe he's got to do that three times a quarter. Maybe they have to throw up a graphic. Maybe they have to constantly talk about it in the fourth quarter. Maybe there's a way to just put something on the screen in a very succinct fashion that can indicate what's going on for those that are watching. Because I think for those that you and I and Trent and your listeners that are aware of the ELAM ending, it's an amazing thing. But I think, I think it'd be very fair to say that the average person tuning in would be confused if they weren't really brought to the light. So I don't think you would ever see it in an NBA regular season game, even though there's been a lot of praise for it. It's unique. It's different. I don't ever think you'll see it in a college basketball game, to be honest. But I do think for tournaments that need a little bit of attention, they got to goose it up a little bit. It's a great creative way to end the game.
1: Interesting, different. I hate not having the horn, though. That's the one part that I just can't (laughs) get over. But I'm sure we'll see more of it. And... There are plenty of negative elements to the end of basketball games from, well, officials coming over to the monitors Ugh. and sitting there and, and on and on and on, just fouling, trying to stay in the game. It's a different idea, a different thought. Now, at least this is a league willing to adapt, to try different things. You go from, you know, the dunk contest had, has had a resurgence after a number of down years and on and on and on. That's the thing that I really enjoy about the NBA. There's been plenty of swings and misses, but at least they're willing to try.
3: Oh, for sure. And I think the second half of the season is going to be interesting because the, the first half storyline really was, to your point, Trent, they need to do something because ratings are down, they're about, down about 13%. Now, they were down much more steeply earlier in the season when we talked about it. But I do believe the league is willing to take action if they feel like it means something. Now, they'll tell you their social media engagement is up. How about if I told you that one-third – think about this, guys – one-third of the league's fan base, is under 35. Think about Hmm. it. It's about one fifth for the other sports, give or take. But I do think when your fan base is under 35, to your point, Trent, they're willing to take changes. If something radical were to happen, like this new tournament they're talking about implementing in a couple of years when the NBA celebrates its 75th anniversary, to sort of get the bottom of the East and the West going, to make it more compelling for playoff spots that aren't just dominated by the usual teams. That's a radical makeover an in-season regular season tournament to your point Trent that's not something I think the other three major professional sports would be willing to try not only is the NBA t- going to try it they're probably going to try to ramrod it through hmm. to make sure it gets there but I do think when your league is dominated by that young amount of people or social media you know they, they, they tabulate popularity by league pass you know League pass is the one-stop shop where you can watch all the games you know it hasn't translated to broadcasting yet this year, and that's not surprising if I told you one-third of the audience is under 35. Those people are staying away from broadcast traditional TV, so it's not surprising the ratings are down. They'll have to figure something out, but to your point, Trent, if they do put this in season tournament that, that's that been discussed here uh, since the fall, that would be probably as revolutionary as anything any sport has done. The NFL may go to 12 playoff teams in 1990, but that's extending the postseason. Major League Baseball might go to seven playoff teams in each league, but that's extending the postseason. That's not the most radical thing. To basically upset the apple cart during the regular season with the tournament the way Silver is probably proves your point that the league is probably willing to try anything to make sure it maintains its status properly.
0: Now, Zoom we have 90 seconds left. Let's finish on Daytona and just uh, what we saw yesterday and apparently how far safety has come since 2001 because I, I'm shocked that Ryan Newman uh, is a stable condition, non non-life-threatening injury From what we saw yesterday, but very few people didn't expect the worst. Safety's come a long way.
3: No doubt. Whenever you see these wrecks, the, the thing I always marvel at is more often than not, and thankfully in this case as well, you say to yourself, how in the world could that a per- person survive? And more often than not, we are saying things like it's non-life-threatening. He was able to walk away under his own power. Sometimes when you see these reactions, like, how could somebody walk away under their own power with something like this? The one thing I would say, and I know social media got a little crazy with this, uh, I-, I think Joe Gibbs is one of the most classy people in sports. Mm-hmm. And I think for those people... Who, that are trying to blame Joe Gibbs racing for the way that celebration went down. I don't see it. I think we're sitting here with our, we're privy to every single people piece of information. They're in the thick of it for a lot of these people. This is the greatest professional moment, most pressure packed intense moment of their lives. They're not going to be there tethered to their phone. They're going to be doing what they've been training to do for months. Should they have known it was that severe? Obviously everybody knew it, but they didn't have the ability to watch the Fox broadcast to see Jeff Gordon's eyes start welling up, realizing what might be about to happen. So I'm so glad the news is what it was, but I do think for those people that were being a little harsh on the quote-unquote celebration or aftermath of the race have to kind of realize what we're privy to and what people on the track are privy to.
0: Well said, Zubin Mahente. As always, we will talk to you in a week's time. Thank you, Zubin. You got it, guys. Thanks. Good to talk to you. Zuba Mahente from ESPN as uh, we go around the world of sports with our good buddy Zubin. All right, our final segment of the uh, program is coming up next. A pretty good slate of college basketball tonight.
1: Yes, I'm excited for it. Now uh, uh, in I'm what way to I'm gonna fire. Uh, <laughs> Double fisted here tonight.
0: Ooh, well, I'm anxious to hear where you're gonna be firing. whom you're gonna be firing at. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO, one oh six point three FM.